SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Marancy. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buffalo, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. The countdown to football is on. But let's check in with the Major League Baseball board uh, right now. We jumped in on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Minus 155 on yesterday's game time decisions. And uh, we thought that it set up nicely. Uh, the Dodgers are red hot. They can handle the Atlanta Braves, and they have been handling uh, the Atlanta Braves. Meanwhile, we've been waiting for something to happen to San Francisco. There's no way that you can go 162 games playing the level of baseball that they played. And they've got some COVID issues uh, right now. And, you know, you got a good Milwaukee team rolling into the Bay Area, and you got the Dodgers coming to town. And the Dodgers cut the deficit to half a game. Uh, right now, so it was minus 155 yesterday before the games. All right, this stuff changes, so it changed 20 cents after last night. San Francisco lost, Dodgers won, Dodgers went to minus 175. Same scenario happened once again this evening, so I'm curious to see wh- how they've adjusted it. They moved to 10 cents tonight, the Dodgers are now minus 185. Setting up, and you got to love the irony that um, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan, and I'll be in Los Angeles this week, and they'll be in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, why not? Of course. Uh, they'll be in San Francisco, which is not close uh, to Los Angeles. So right now, updated numbers, Los Angeles Dodgers minus 185, San Francisco Giants plus 130. The Atlanta Braves are now minus 370. Uh, to win the National League uh, East of Philadelphia Phillies, plus 310. Cam Newton. Cam Newton released uh, by the New England Patriots. Bob Ryan will join us from Boston a little bit later on. Rick Saratello will step up and in NFL Draft Bible, SI.com's Rick Saratello. Mac Jones will be the starting quarterback. And we talked about it a little bit earlier in which, so this is the youngest starting quarterbacks in a division going back all the way to 1985, man. All right, we have, we have to go back a ways. And we talked about Arch Schleister, and it's crazy because, you know, Arch Schleister's name hasn't come up in a long time. And we see that, so this is the youngest, the AFC East, basically. Everybody's like 25 and younger. Josh Allen's the oldest guy. He's 25. All right, like Tua's 23, Zach Wilson's 22, Mac Jones is 22. So everybody, it's, it's the youngest going back since 85. And when Arch Schleister, and it's pretty crazy because I was actually, and I told you guys, Arch Schleister was Ryan Leaf before um, Ryan Leaf. And we've had Arch Schleister on the show before. He's been in and out of jail over the years. And I was wondering, I wonder where Arch Schleister is now. And you can't make this up. Arch Schleister was just released from prison like today. Crazy story, the Schleister story. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Marenzi. The 
pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustler, and everybody else in between. The countdown is on the start of the National Football League regular season. Now just eight days away, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, word is the Dallas Cowboys are actually interested in Cam Newton, although Jerry Jones has been very vocal about vaccinated players. And there's a debate right now. Did the, did the vaccination... Uh, or I should say the non-vaccination of Cam Newton play into Cam Newton's release. I don't think it did. And there's a lot of people that have thrown it out there. There's NFL people that believe that. And, and of course, we discussed this earlier. And it's the first time I'm ever on Urban Meyer's side. But Urban Meyer right now, the NFLPA wants an investigation at Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer admitted uh, that whether a player was vaccinated or not did come into consideration when making the final cuts. Right? And they say that's discrimination. Whatever. There's no discriminating when you're on the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're trying to make their team. All right? You all suck. You're lucky that you even got a tryout. What was Tim Tebow discriminated against? You wasted everybody's time. That's all that happened uh, there. The NFLPA, you know, the weakest and the most punk ass organization in all of professional sports. This is the one thing they stand up to. All right, let's go after Urban Meyer. Why not? Everybody else uh, is uh, right now. But Cam Newton. And we'll get into Cam Newton and Cam Newton's future. Cam Newton's not done in the National Football League, but Cam Newton's got to understand that he can't be trusted to be a starter. All right? I mean, he hasn't been fully healthy in years. He played a reckless style. Like Cam Newton, I think a good analogy would be Eric Lindros. I think it would be Eric Lindros. Like you you look at Cam Newton... And the style that he played, and you look at Eric Lindros and the style that Eric Lindros played. Eric Lindros used to run people over, and people loved his style. It was reckless abandonment. He also ended up with like 22 concussions and had to retire early. The thing that made Cam Newton so dangerous was he was willing to run your ass over. He can't do that anymore. He also doesn't have any arm strength anymore, and he was never accurate. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Rick Saratella. Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe ESPN. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Moranzi. It's time to break it down and get biblical. Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible, steps up and in as the countdown is on. It's not the rapture, although it sometimes feels that way. It's the start of the National Football League regular season. We are now just eight days away. The Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rick Saratella, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? Gabe, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, man. Always a pleasure to be here. So let's start off uh, in Foxborough. I'm not surprised that Mac Jones is the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots, but I'm a little bit surprised that they decided to cut Cam Newton loose in the fashion that they did. What's your opinion on the Cam Newton situation in Foxborough? You know, we're not inside the buildings. So we don't know what behind New England was not happy with how the whole COVID protocol was handled, whether that was communicated in a manner 
that was up to Bill Belichick's satisfaction. It doesn't sound like it was. And so Cam kind of made this easy for Coach Belichick to part ways because Mac Jones, in my opinion, did look like the better quarterback. In fact, it did not even look like he skipped a beat during his time from Alabama to New England. And, you know, he has a track record. If you remember, Drew Bledsoe took a back seat to Tom Brady at one point, and it was not a popular opinion at the time. So I'm not going to question the move. I think that it kind of opens up the locker room and, and, and makes that whole schism disappear because if you keep Cam around and he's still there kind of looking over the shoulder, you know Mac Jones is going to struggle. The veteran guys are going to say, hey, we could be winning games with Cam. We've taken that out of the equation altogether. And, you know, we've done a solid to Cam because now he can go out there and look for a better opportunity to go and play. You know, I thought about that as well, actually, because at first it'll be like, wow, did the Patriots screw Cam Newton over? No, not really. There was a competition in camp. Mac Jones was actually better. You missed time due to being unvaxxed. Whose fault was it? Uh, due to the protocol misunderstanding, that's almost uh, irrelevant. And it gives him an opportunity right now to to sign somewhere else. And we'll get into that in a couple of moments. But we talked about the we talked about the um, the vaccination issue, and whatever whatever side of the whatever side of the jab uh, that you're on, the fact remained that he missed a week of practice. And that, that opened up the door for Mac Jones to take the reps with the number ones. And that that's, that gave Belichick and McDaniels enough confidence that he can handle um, working and, and being their starting quarterback. In a sense, I sort of like it in the sense from New England, because I don't understand this. So let me ask you, Rick. If you know that your rookie quarterback is better than the guy that you have, and he's playing better, than he is. He's not just, oh, yeah, he's got more upside and he's going to be better. No, he's already better. Then what's the point of not just making him the starting quarterback? And it sort of goes back to, remember when we brought it up, the Houston Texans years ago, when they said, wow, Deshaun Watson's like the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen in camp before in our lives. But we're going to start Tom Savage. Right? And that took about three or four weeks, and they were like, well, what are we doing here? All right, put the kid in. So they just don't want to give the keys. They want to make these kids somehow suffer, right, and stand on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. I almost feel the same way about Chicago right now. You know Justin Fields is going to be your quarterback. Just make him your damn quarterback. Yeah, and you just don't know until they play, until they get to the next level. With Mac Jones, to his credit, he looked poised. He looked like he had command of the huddle. He knew what he was doing. You saw him kind of moving, making sure his teammates were in the right spot. So he definitely got his nose into the playbook. He impressed the coaches, even the receivers. I heard in some of the press conferences talking about his uh, mental awareness and being like a coach. And so uh, Mac Jones is the quarterback right now. He was a first round pick for a reason. It was inevitable. Cam made it even easier. And, you know, to Cam Newton's credit, I think he came out and said, hey, don't feel bad for me. And we're not. He'll get picked up somewhere. He'll, it seems like at this stage of his career, though, you know, Cam Newton is going to be playing year to year on these one-year deals. And um, reports are right now the front runners are uh, Bishop Sycamore, Rick. Bishop Sycamore um, yeah. reportedly made quite the uh, significant offer for Cam Newton. They can't be losing 58 nothing like that every week if they're going to be on TV. Although they'll never be on TV again. The next time Bishop Sycamore's on TV, it'll be in a documentary about uh, about what happened. The sham well, that was Bishop Sycamore. It's IMG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So, you know, we talk about Mac Jones, and it's all about where you land, isn't it? And obviously, 
obviously talent uh, means something, but he's in a perfect situation in an offense. Like if I, we've talked about it, Rick, Cam Newton can't run the same offense that Tom Brady did. He just can't do it. He can't make the same throws. Mac Jones can run that offense. He can make all those throws. Uh, we've seen Mac Jones. He's throwing wide receivers open. But Cam Newton, you could be open. He's going to put the ball 10 yards you know, over your head to begin with. He's never really been a great sort of toucher, accurate pocket passer. And Cam Newton, in a way, I get his point. But in a way, it's about not being reliable. I mean, you're injured all the time. You're beat up. And you played your best football. He says that there's no way in hell there's 32 better quarterbacks in the NFL than him. Do you buy that? Uh, the market is dictating that. <laughs> you know, I mean, the market has clearly dictated that. So, like, who would you replace almost exactly if you think about it? So, like, if we go down the list, all right. So, are we, hey, let's go Pittsburgh. Are you the quarterback at Pittsburgh? No. All right. Are you are you replacing Lamar Jackson? No. Are you replacing Baker Mayfield? No. Are they going to throw Joe Burrow under the bus <laughs> for you? No. Are you better than Josh Allen? No. Like, we can go down the list here. Like, who is he? And it's not even really about better. It's about trustworthiness, right? About being injured, about being vaxxed. And and let's just be real. Why he was so good is because he used to run people over, Rick. He can't do that anymore now. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, when you look at how this offense is built, you want somebody who can make quick, smart, accurate throws, and that's what Mac Jones does. And you that's think everything that Cam Newton does not do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to your point, like Cam was a was a dual threat with the Patriots. You saw him get a lot of the goal line work and they've got bangers now. I mean, they've got uh, this Ramadre Stevenson who could get that short yardage roll done. They got James White who can catch the ball out of the backfield. They got uh, Damian Harris now, who's, who's a really solid all around back. They got the new two tight ends, Hunter Henry, John Smith, they brought in Nelson Aguilar to work that slot. It's all going to be dinking and dunking. And remember now, Coach Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, they go back to the days on the Bill Parcells staff. They spent seasons together on the same staff. So there was kind of a, a, an understanding of what Mac Jones was bringing to the table. And then he came here and proved in a short period of time, like, hey, I'm your guy. I like it. I like the retooled offense. I think the Patriots are going to be sniffing around the playoff hunt. We had uh, Russell Landy on my show earlier on this Tuesday. And so he said, hey, I think the Patriots are winning this division. Massive football game in week one. And there's been a half point line move uh, with the quarterback change, which I find interesting, actually, because I really didn't think it would be anything. So the Patriots went from three point favorites to two and a half point favorites. In a battle of Alabama quarterbacks, Tua versus Mac Jones week one. And this really sets the stage for both teams moving forward. Like Patriots win this game. They're going to have that sort of, yeah, listen, we're back. We're in this thing. You know, they lose this game. Belichick will be immediately frustrated after the way last year went down. And the expectations are high in Miami and the pressure is high on Tua right now. Yeah, a little mentor versus protege with uh, Tua and Mac Jones. I will say this. I, I do think that it's going to be tough for New England to win that game with a rookie quarterback, even as good as Mac Jones has looked. All these new pieces, right? It's yeah. going to take that team to kind of gel. It's going to take a few games to figure out those pieces. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of guys that are going to be moving around the field. How does that all work? How are they intertwined? How do they scheme that up and draw it up on a weekly basis? I do think it's going to take some time for New England to sort that out. 
Miami now, they're in like year three or four of this rebuilding program. Two is going in with high confidence. No one's looking over his shoulder. The Dolphins, to me, are a roster built to win now. And I think that they have a little bit more stability entering week one. Now, a raw solid defense. Yes, right, hold that thought, Rick. Hold that thought. The late night anger match for class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Race Late Night continues. I am Rexy. We're breaking it down on Series XM Channel 204. The countdown to kickoff is on. We're breaking it down with Rick Saratella for the NFL Draft Bible. So, Rick, looking at that Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots uh, football game, you were talking about the Dolphins and how they're built to win now. We've talked a lot about the Dolphins this week, actually. I like their win total, over nine and a half wins. That defense is something you can really hang your hat on, right? And to me, I look at that Patriot and Dolphin game, I think that's going to be a smash-mouth, lower-scoring football game. But continue your thoughts on the the Patriots and the Dolphins. And as we went into the break, you were talking about the Miami Dolphins' expectations. Yeah, I was going to say, come see me on the come-around now after New England plays and, and, and adjusts when Dolphins and Patriots meet the second time in the season. Well, hey, New England's probably going to look like a completely different team. In fact, I think they're going to look like a different team from a week-to-week basis, depending on the matchups. They might throw the ball 40, 50 times one week. They might run the ball 20, 30 times the next week. And so I think New England's going to really be able to manipulate their offensive game plan. However, week one, Dolphins are the team to beat. I like the over. However, it all depends on Tua's durability, not even his performance. Can he stay healthy? Can that dude stay healthy for 17 games if he can? 10 and, se- 10 and 7 should be doable, but hey, New England's going to have something to say about that. Buffalo is going to have something to say about that. And despite all the Jets' debacles in years past, they've always somehow managed to play the Dolphins tough, even in bad years, and steal a game or two. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the random matchup of the wildness. Throw the records out, right? They used to have some really wild ones, man, in the old days, right? Like, But you're right, it's one of those divisional matchups that's just sort of random uh, like that. So the total of the football game, Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots, 44 and a half. You know, I don't think, I expect the Patriots, as you stated, they got a bunch of smash mouth uh, players. They got a bunch of bangers in the backfield. And same similar situation. I don't think Miami's offense is, is going to be the fastest show on turf. And I don't think Flores is looking to get into, in, into track meets. Interesting matchup, isn't it? We talked about it. So former teammates, quarterbacks, going head-to-head, and they were good friends. They got along very well uh, in Tuscaloosa. And former uh, former coaches, Flores, the Belichick guy, going head-to-head. A lot of familiarity here in this matchup, Rick. Give me the under 44-and-a-half. Everybody knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, life is, life is too short for the under, except for week one of NFL action. I'm all about the unders. I'm all about the, the AFC East, bro, too. <laughs> Northeast football. The the the, uh, the the early season matchup always leans towards the defense being ahead of the offense. And for that reason, with a rookie quarterback, I think New England will keep it conservative. They'll ground and pound it a little bit more, milk that clock. 
and I'm going under here with that one. I agree. I like the under guys, and uh, you know, you look at his football game. What's the strength of both um, both teams? It's the defense. Neither team is the offense. Neither team is looking to get into a track meet. Neither team is looking to to try to score thirty points uh, to win a football game. Uh, so total forty four and a half right now. New England Patriots are minus two and a half. So as far as Cam Newton uh, is concerned, I tweeted earlier in the day that I think the Dallas Cowboys are a perfect fit. For Cam Newton. Cam Newton wants to be a starter while we all want a lot of things that's uh, not going to happen, right? I'd like to be in the Rolling Stones, but I'm not. So I think Cam Newton's going to have to understand that, no, I'm going to be a backup somewhere, but pick a spot where it's a favorable situation to be a backup. And word out of Dallas is they're interested. I mean, why wouldn't they be when you look at their backup quarterback situation? Not to mention Cam Newton made like a million dollars last year, Rick. So I don't know, you know, if Cam Newton's going to continuously just take a million dollars, but what do you what do you think happens with Cam? Do you think this is an immediate signing over the next couple of days, or do you think this is going to take a couple of weeks to play itself out, or maybe into the season for somebody to get injured? You know, if I'm Cam Newton, you don't need the money. I don't think taking a week or two off to just sit back, see if there's, you know, how many times does a starting quarterback get lost for the season week one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. And suddenly now there's a huge demand for your services. So why relegate yourself to a backup role? If I'm his agent, I'm saying, hey, let's play the waiting game, stay in shape, stay ready and, you know, give it two or three weeks. And then if not, evaluate the best situation. I I agree. I think Dallas could use his uh, veteran presence there. Dak does have the throwing shoulder. He has the foot. I'm looking at the Jameis Winston route, though. Why not go back up Tom Brady for a year? It seems like that's where Brown, uh, Leonard Fournette, all these guys, all these big personalities just meshing in at Tampa. Why not go play there for a year? Maybe Tom Brady wants to ride off into the sunset after another Super Bowl, and uh, suddenly this could be Cam Newton's team. So I I would be looking at a place where uh, I can win the starting job for 2022, unless there's a, a big time injury, you know, I'd probably sit out for the first two or three weeks, see see what happens, and then kind of go from there. Rick Saratella, NFL Drop Bible with us. I am Gabriel Morenzi, Sports Race Late Night, Series XM Channel 204. It's a good point, Rick, that you raise. Generally, there will be a quarterback that's going to get hurt in in week one. And if you're Cam Newton, not to wish injury on other people, but if a couple of quarterbacks get hurt, right, then you're really in a favorable situation. Yet, if I'm Cam Newton also, and it's a good point, you know, if you want to be on a damn good team and and go the Jameis uh, Winston route and, and potentially be the starter down the road, but I don't think that's realistic at this stage of his career. He's an old 32, right? He's an older, he really is on the wrong side of 30 now, 31, 32, et cetera. And he's just been too many surgeries. He's been hit too much. He's played a lot of football. He's had a hell of a career. There's nothing, I'm not, I'm a Cam Newton guy, I'm a fan of his, but if I'm Cam and I'm thinking, if Dallas makes me an offer and they, all right, he will give you $2 million to be the backup. I'm taking it. Doc Prescott is injury prone. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, does this quarterback get hurt a lot? And yes, it'll give me an opportunity to play. But quite frankly, I don't think Cam Newton's that good anymore. And I like the guy, but I'm just saying that. Like, I just, I think that's all he is. He's a backup now. 
Well, it's a it's a what have you done for me lately league, and you can only be as good as your last game <laughs> in the National Football League. And and we saw the body of work a year ago, and that's where Cam Newton is at. He's a fringe NFL starter, a former NFL first round pick. And you know, to the earlier point, there's a reason why uh, out of 32 teams in the marketplace, nobody was willing to guarantee him more than one million dollars for one season. Let's talk about another quarterback, um, Carson Wentz. And I was just thinking about Carson Wentz and a fantasy football team name that I saw. Once, twice, uh, three times uh, a, a Wentz <laughs> instead of a lady. Uh, so so here's Carson Wentz again. Um, missing practices. If it's not injuries, now he's on the COVID list. And, of course, yeah, he's another mediocre quarterback that's lucky to be getting paid what he is that refuses to get vaccinated. Jacob Eason has really impressed. Frank Reich seems to be really starting to like this kid. We know that kid's got a zip on, on the ball, but and and now the you know there was a local a big piece in, in the media in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, not just a selfish teammate in Philadelphia. Like now the media, he started off on the wrong note with the media here. And he's missed a million practices. So even when he comes back, he's not going to be in sync with anybody. It's a disaster there to begin with. I personally think Eason's better than he is, and I would ride Eason. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Indianapolis, uh, won't it be, with Eason at the helm? He's definitely going to be huffing down Carson Wentz's neck, right? And so, listen, there's no grace period here in Indianapolis, you know, it was almost like a, a love fest in Philadelphia, this first round pick. Hey, it was like a week. Hey, welcome here. No, no, it's like, uh, already, yeah. you know, Nick Foles goes into the phone booth. He puts on, he comes out with the red cape. It's all good. Like we, we have the parade down Broadway. Everybody's happy. Everybody's, you know, lenient and, and willing to be patient. And then, you know, you kind of see the same thing happen and another injury and another, you know, Injury. And, and, you know, now it's like, hey, he's in a new city where the fans don't really care what previously happened. All they know is this is a reclamation project. He's always been known to be dinged up. And now not only is he hurt, he's on the COVID list. Uh, Jacob Eason has looked like the better quarterback. And keep an eye on Sam Ellinger, the former Texas quarterback, the rookie, prior to an injury, he was getting rave reviews and so i don't think they're necessarily married to wentz i do think with the prior relationship and frank wright being there that he'll get every opportunity to to capitalize on any uh situation there but you know at the end of the day what's back to win football games they're going to be in the playoff hunt i don't think they have what it takes to catch tennessee i do think they'll beat up on Jacksonville and Houston, and they'll be in the mix again, one of those teams right on the fence of making the playoffs. Yeah, I bet on Tennessee uh, to win the, uh, the division. Next week, we'll get Rick Saratella's division winners. Rick, we'll get you out of here. Um, and, of course, uh, follow Rick Saratella. You can find him at Rick Saratella on Twitter. NFL Draft Bible on Sports Illustrated, of course, uh, as well. But I actually like this. I don't. I don't mind this. I think more guys should get a chance. If you can play, you can play. It shouldn't just be, wow, he's not a first-round pick. He's not a second-round pick. I would have given Heineke more of a look uh, once again. The kid could ball. You nearly beat the Patriots with him. You look at uh, Ellinger. I don't care. All right, he's not a big-time draft pick. The kid can play football. 
Jacob Eason, same thing. The kid can play football. Give these guys a chance. How many guys are standing on the sideline right now that are better than your starting quarterback, but you'll never know it because you'll never give them an opportunity to play? Rick Zaratella, NFL Draft Bible. God bless you, Rick. Countdown to kickoff is on. Let's do it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Late Night Anger Management Craft continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. Let's talk football, baseball, basketball, and everything else in between with the great uh, Bob Ryan, longtime Boston Globe columnist. Of course, you see him on ESPN. Bob, it's always a pleasure, sir. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Okay, my pleasure, too. So, uh, Bob, what are your thoughts on uh, Bill Belichick pulling the trigger and uh, making the rookie quarterback the starting quarterback as Mac Jones will get the call in week one against the Miami Dolphins? The idea that he did so while concurrently releasing Cam Jones was a stunner. Uh, I certainly was surprised. I can't. I don't remember seeing ever any inference uh, from any of the beat people in the normal uh, Boston outlets, whether it's print or uh journal or electronic to suggest that that cam wouldn't be on the opening day roster one way or the other the idea that uh, that jones is the starter uh is one thing the idea that it it coincided with cam being released wow that that was something no one saw coming you know what i didn't either actually and i'm not surprised what did you read into the other day it was a little bit cryptic when coach belichick said well we've got a lot of decisions to make about week one but I sort of bought into that, and I thought, you know what, Mac Jones, literally, I think they really do um, believe that he could be the starter. But I'm with you, Bob. I didn't think they were about to release Cam Newton. You have to understand, you know, not you, but people would have to understand from the outside that from day one, from the day they signed Cam until last, you know, until yesterday, frankly, Bill Belichick was relentless in his praise of Cam Newton as a teammate, as a uh, he, he never had a bad word to say about him. Last year, when he was bouncing passes, missing throws, uh, having a woeful touchdown uh, you know, percentage, uh, he stuck by him, and, and, and he stuck by him all the time. And so the, that, no one's, you know, the idea that he was dissatisfied, didn't want him around in any way. I mean, he, he talked about what a great teammate he was, and, and, and he was a good teammate as far as we can tell. Very popular with the with his uh, teammates. He was a uh, an energy source. He was a, a humorist. Uh, he gave nicknames to everybody. Um, he, he was team oriented. And but Bill Belichick was relentless in his praise of Cam uh, Newton. Uh, he certainly uh, had his hand forced by how well Jones played in preseason. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And one more thing, because before we forget, and I do not know if this had anything to do with anything, but we are living in 2021. Cam Newton resolutely refused to be vaccinated. Well, you read my mind, Bob, because I was going to ask you about that. And it's one thing, not okay, and it's almost your decision because we brought it up at the time. You don't, but, you know, 
what did you hear about it was a team-approved visit, right? That it was team-approved outside of the so-called bubble or out of state, and they did daily tasks, but it wasn't part of the CBA, etc. So it was almost like, while well, the Patriots sort of took some responsibility for that, but I don't think Coach Belichick would care. And as you stated, Bob, we can't speculate, right? But we do know for a fact Cam wasn't there for a week, and Mac Jones was taking the reps with the number one, Bob. That's just a fact. We're free to speculate. And because he can't help it. it it's our job to speculate, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Cam wasn't secure enough to think that he could, that that might not affect a, a final decision. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If Cam were yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, if he, I'm just throwing a name out. If he were Mahomes, if he were uh, Lamar Jackson, if he were a front run a top tier quarterback, he may be able to get away with it, but he, he was, you know, his position was precarious to say the least, even though I just got through telling you that Belichick has been praising him. The, the reality is uh, there was a legitimate competition and a fine young prospect that was capable, apparently is capable of playing at a high level in this league. He wasn't secure enough to get away with that. And I, so I don't know if Belichick, I don't know what, by the way, I'm out of it, the loop in terms of, I have no idea what's been said today. You may know more than I. I do not know. I've been busy. I do not know what Belichick has even talked about it. I have no idea what's been said. So you may know more than I about that. But, but, but I just thought it out there that it, it, it's the times and, and who knows, maybe it had something to do with something. It's baffling to me as we're conversation with Bob Ryan. It's baffling to me, Bob, as you just stated. Uh, Kirk Cousins. He's an average quarterback who's been overpaid on an underachieving football team in which, you know, look, Stephon Diggs didn't even want to play with him, right? You've had star-wide receivers say, I can't play with this guy. I'm not happy here. And he's unvaxxed. Carson Wentz is always hurt all the time, and he's unvaxxed. I don't know. I guess where I'm getting at is why do these mediocre quarterbacks think that they're so secure? (laughs) Like, you got star quarterbacks who got vaxxed because they understand they have to lead their team. Um, You know, availability is something that's massive, and, and there's no me and team, but I noticed, Bob, I got a kick out of it. It seems to be the average quarterbacks. They're really, their jobs are on the line. They're the ones that refuse to get vaxxed the most. Well, they've got their principles and we'll stick it to them. So be it, but they're going to have to understand there may be consequences. That's all. And, you know, if, if the NFLPA is never going to come around to ordering its players to get vaccinated, which is highly unlikely, uh, the, the, and it's an individual choice, then they're going to have to understand. Okay, fine. Stick to your principle and, 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 uh, and you may be very unhappy in the end. Uh, you may not like the consequence of it. Bob, before we move on, um, what are your thoughts on the Pats? What's your what's your feeling coming into the year? Um, is this a bounce um, back year? They spent a lot of money, obviously, on free agents in the offseason to to re, you know restock the roster. But now you got a rookie quarterback in here. What, what's your take? What's what's your outlook on the team? I'm bullish because they have taken very positive steps, replenished the tight end situation, which was about as bad or or the worst in the league last year for production, Uh, uh, added uh, uh, Judon to rush the passer, Uh, have uh, made some interesting acquisitions for sure. Uh, I I like the team very much, and uh, I think it obviously the pressure – whether whoever the quarterback was going to be, I've been among the callous saying all along, they're going to go as far as that quarterback can take them. And the other thing I've gotten is they really got a nice little deep reservoir of running backs, including a rookie named Reandre Stevenson, who's like a the Lagarin Blunt the second in terms of his style. I go with J.J. Taylor, who showed us some flashes last year. Um, they've got a nice stable of running backs. Uh, I, I'm really optimistic about them, quite frankly. I think they're going to be uh, surprise a lot of people. 
Uh, Bob, I saw comments from Tony Dungy. Um, Adam Schefter tweeted out, you know, the National Football League is, you know, agreed to sponsorship deals with numerous sports books, etc. This book and that book, um, you know, for the upcoming National Football League season. And Tony Dungy uh, tweeted at Adam Schefter and said, I don't like this. He said, you know, I've seen gambling uh, destroy lives. I remember when the league used to take a stand against this. You've been around a long time, Bob. So you've seen the, man, you know, you've seen the the dichotomy and everything changed, the societal changes, um, you know, culturally with this stuff. What do you make of it now? Like, you know, and like basically, look, like there's talk about Major League Baseball signing with a sports book and like broadcasting games on a sports book, but Pete Rose is banned. What do you think of the gambling rush right now, the gold rush, so to speak, when you see it right now in professional sports? Well, I'll preface it by saying I'm not a gambler by nature. Uh, I, I, it doesn't interest me. I don't get a rush so I'm not part of that of that uh, experience or that community. Um, I, I, I'm amused and, and saddened that uh, it's a it's a money thing that the owners can't resist the idea that they can make a lot of money out of this by affiliating themselves officially with these entities. It's the, it's a sign of the times. And you mentioned all the sports. I, I've already written that column. Uh, several, several months ago, maybe a year ago, uh, about Pete Rose. I was resolutely opposed to Pete Rose uh, being in the Hall of Fame on the basis of the fact that he violated the, the, the sacred rule uh, and, and he and participated in gambling. Yes, it may have been on his own team. I don't care. There's consequences to that. The ramifications that could have been negative to that. I, I had no problem with Pete Rose not being on the ballot because of that. I had written a column. They got to let him in now. They got to put him on the ballot. They have gotten in bed with gambling. They're, they have forfeited the moral high ground. If that's what they wanted to claim, they forfeited it. There's no reason to keep Pete Rose out now. That's number one on baseball. And, and you're right, you've touched on the uh, baseball, basketball, they're all in bed with it. Uh, um, uh, that's, they're, they're not turning around. They're back. If they see it as a source of revenue, as always, the owners. I, mean, I used to say uh, a long time ago, I wouldn't trust an owner as far as I could throw the building or the stadium, whichever the case may be, and, and they're, they're revealing them their true selves now. It's funny how, though, Bob, like, um, when you look back, sort of like, you know, when I look with Pete Rose, would you agree that a good analogy, it's like keeping people in prison for marijuana charges when the state is selling marijuana now, right? I mean, yes. it's, uh, it's, you, you it's... You can come up with a different... Whatever metaphor, whatever analogy metaphor you want, uh, it, it, the fact of the matter is that, that there's no more... Any baseball does not have any moral ground now to... Uh, to, to, to keep Pete Rose out based on the nature of his transgression. Uh, and that's that. And um, so that's that. And I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if there's any movement at all officially, but um, to, to do, to, to, you know, remember it's the Hall of Fame. He's not on the ballot. Uh, so you can't vote for him. But uh, baseball should be exerting. They should say, okay. But I don't see that happening necessarily. So, uh, yeah, but we- right, it's, it's a specific, at the very least, it's hypocritical. We've got about a minute and a half or two left up, Bob. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Listen, the Red Sox sort of, you know, surprised the outside world. I'm sure they surprised people in Boston. Um, you know, they took a different approach as far as how they were going to how they were going to put a team on the field, and it's worked out for them. It's been a wild season. It's been an enjoyable season, and I could just imagine. You imagine a one game wild card, Bob. Yankees, Red Sox can't get any better than that. Sale versus Cole. That's what it would hopefully be. Uh, I want it to be at Fenway if it happens, Bob. Like, I just think it'd be cooler at Fenway. And I, I'm neutral. So I've, I don't have a horse. I'm a Dodger guy. So, But I just think for the okay. – I just love to see it at Fenway instead of Yankee Stadium. The new Yankee Stadium is nothing more than a money pit. It's an ATM machine. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it, it is soulless. It is has nothing to do with the original Yankee Stadium at all. And, and, and anybody on the outside has to understand that. You're right. It would be better in Fenway. That's if the Red Sox make it. Uh, they're they're stumbling badly. The pitching has let them down uh, uh, right now. Uh, the bullpen is a complete mess. Their, their all-star closer has, has hit uh, the skids. Uh, Barnes. Um, they brought Sale back, but they gave him soft landing. Three teams that. You know, three horrible teams he pitched against. He's finally going to pitch in this series against the Rays. That'll be interesting. Um, remember, their competition isn't can't, can't, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's going to run away with the division. Their competition is the Yankees, the Mariners, and the A's. That's your wild card uh, uh, competition. Uh, they may make it. They may not. But uh, I don't feel real good about them right now um, at all. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. So uh, I'm just I'll take it as it comes. I'm, I'm not expecting a whole lot. Bob Ryan with us. All right, Bob, we got about uh, 30 seconds on the way out. Yes. Uh, I, when I think of you, man, I know you, I think of the Boston Celtics. What's, uh, what's, what's the outlook there? I mean, the new culture, it seems like it's the friendlier, yeah. smilier Boston Celtics right now, right? Well, it, it, the great, great unknown, really, because it's his rookie year as a coach, is Imi Udoka. And I want to say this, and I mean this, this is not hyperbole, this is, this is the gospel truth. I've been around this league officially since 1969, uh, covering it. So that's a lot of a lot of experience, and I have never, and I always like to be judicious with the use of the words always and never. I have never seen in this league any first-year coach enter with such universal praise and approval. And I'm not talking internal; I'm talking external. As this young man, as this 43-year-old coach is entering, everybody seems to swear by Imiodoka. I'm now my the problem for me with that is I hope the fans aren't swallowing expecting him to, to walk across the Charles River out of his home into the Boston Garden. Uh, it, it, he has got such extraordinary praise. So I'm curious to see how he runs this team, what he gets out of this all-stars, uh, Tatum and Brown, and, and, and his important uh, player, Smart, uh, what he's going to do uh, you know, with, with, with uh, the, some of the, the younger players that weren't quite developing yet at the rate they wanted last year, like Neesmith. But, I mean, he's the great X Factor. I mean, but I've never seen a guy enter with such praise, ever. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. You're totally welcome. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. Three-minute warning, level three. Thanks to the great Bob Ryan for joining us on the program. How many shows are giving you Bob Ryan in the middle of the night? We're killing it. Um, thanks to Andrew McKinnis for kicking it with us, Steve. Merrill, Rick Saratella, and Bob Ryan. Wednesday nights are always wild on the Wicked Wednesday. The Raging Redhead Cam Stewart, Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano. We'll have a ton of college football talk over the next couple of nights. Um, because it's rapidly approaching. Just for the record, we sort of like to leave you with a bet at the end of the night or a thought. Sort of, you know what? I've got to sort of start doing this like Larry King. You know, I got to give you like a movie tip. I'm going over to Dukes for some matzo ball soup. And I like the San Antonio Spurs this year. <laughs> that was what Larry King, may you rest in peace. Dodger fan, too. Uh, one of the best ever to do it. One of the best ever to sit in front of a microphone. So our Larry King bit uh, tonight will be, Coke is a great drink, but so is Pepsi. And the LSU Tigers. The LSU Tigers. I think the point spread at 2.5 right now. FanDuel's too short. I think people are overreacting to UCLA beating up on the Warriors. 
Guys, they were 18-point favorites. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, yeah, they look good doing it, but I think LSU are, are going to be better than than some people think they are, although I think some insiders do, do think that LSU are going to be right there at a potential playoff uh, contender. They did win the national championship a couple of years ago. And we're talking about a program that, you know, has top-tier NFL talent in the NFL draft on a yearly basis. And as good as UCLA looked against Hawaii, the LSU Tigers, I don't care if they played a game or not. That's a game that I'm looking at right now. I also, I don't shy away from the big games. All right? I don't shy away. I like the big games. So, I like LSU in that game. We'll lay the two and a half, or like if you prefer the money line, that's your choice. Um, and I do think Clemson are going to beat Georgia. And that one dipped too. That's two and a half as well. I won't be changing my mind. That's why I tell you this now. Give me the LSU Tigers. Give me the Clemson Tigers. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Where you get your information is at least as important as what it is. We're your trusted source for gaming odds and strategies. Trust us. When we lie to you, this is the Sports Grid Radio Network.